0: Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Well, it's been a very difficult time for pubs, as we know. And on this episode, we're going to speak to one of Cork's best known publicans about how he and his staff have been dealing with COVID 19. And we're also going to hear about the initiative that moved entirely online that supports students in UCC, CIT, and IT Tralee. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is Red Business.
1: Red Business, Cork's exclusive business podcast.
0: We all know pubs have been one of the worst affected sectors. They're certainly one of the sectors with the loudest voices. But behind that sectoral campaign, there are individuals who are doing their best not only to keep the lights on, but to keep the staff employed. One of them is Philip Gillivan of the Shelburne Bar on McCurtain Street. Philip, you're very welcome to Red Business. Thanks for joining
1: us again. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it.
0: Look, you have been through the ringer here. The pub is open. I passed it. it. It looks great, as it always has done. But what have the last few weeks and months been like for you?
1: Um, well, I suppose leading up to it, kind of week ending, like March 10th, was probably one of the busiest weeks we'd had put in in 24 years. We had no comprehension this was coming down the road. There was a few murmurings of things initially, but really we were flying and then the breaks went on like everybody. We closed our doors, I think, on March fifteenth ahead of the government request because we could see it was just um getting to be so difficult to actually and we didn't understand the rules, so we decided to close. And then like locking the door, like every business that had to was, was a huge um, and emotional roller coaster. Um initially we thought it was for a few weeks and then, you know, as we all know it became nearly three months. So yeah, we were one of the pubs that got. were lucky to get back open on June 29th, and we've been um, trading away since.
0: What's it been like trading in the new environment?
1: Well, we went from a pub whereby um, food was not really a big part of our, even though we did it, um, it wasn't a big part of our business, um, while it then became that everybody had to have food, so... You know, the staff are used to selling upmarket whiskeys and now everybody had to, you know, we, we really turned into a restaurant. Um so it was difficult. But, you know, we were one of the lucky ones that, that had a system in place. We have outsourced our food to an Italian restaurant, Novacento and the Fishwife for probably the last eight years. So we, we had a system in place um, and it has worked even better from for the last, I suppose, six weeks now that we're open
0: yeah and and what's it been like if the the rules are the rules um they're they're quite strict and they have to be enforced has it proved any way difficult philip
1: oh it has it is it's it it is very difficult but you know it's difficult for everybody so like i suppose the team here were delighted to be able to get back to work um and they embraced the changes that we to do you know in one door out the other the sanitation which is critical nobody sitting at the bar is a, a, a big change for us because half our bar is actually bar counter um, so that was a big change and then obviously you know we we do the contact tracing Um i think we've had 16 visits from the police which you know we welcome We've no issue with it whatsoever because you know we're above board and um so we're, we're well monitored and it is working very well um i suppose being on McCurtain street and the great sense of cooperation we have um Unfortunately, the Everyman Theatre is closed at the moment, but they've kindly granted us access to their big awning outside to put out tables. So we're able to put another maybe 20 people outside there under their thing and we moved a lot of our business outdoors, which has been a great help when the weather is um, playing ball with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the weather—it's uh, been hit and miss. Uh, let's put it that way. For the last couple of days, we, oh we've been—we've had a lot of challenges thrown our way, Philip. Uh, it, yeah. it must be pretty difficult to, to keep your head up. I mean, you're an optimistic guy, but I say even you've been challenged in the last while.
1: Oh, you have, and you know, you know, because we outsource our food, you know, I mean, a lot of the. the, the a lot of the costs are not with us because we're not cooking the food, we're not buying it. But also, a lot of the profits is not with us because we're not, we're not doing that. So it, we're very, very busy at times. But you know, as the old saying is, "Turnover for vanity and profit for sanity." So um, really, I wouldn't be looking too far down down the next three months as to um, crystal ball gazing because it's going to get very challenging. I I expect in the next six to eight weeks when a lot of the um, systems change that the government Mm. have put in place.
0: Have you struggled with customers who don't necessarily want to do what they're being told to do? Um, I mean, has there been any hassle, Philip?
1: Ah, You know, you'll always have, you know, anybody who has a pint will always try and have another pint, you know, within reason. I mean, so you would always have somebody who is, you know wants to stay that bit longer or doesn't really want to spend the nine euros on the food and they've been coming in for 25 years and they come in and they just want to sit down and have two pints and not annoy anybody and unfortunately you have to tell people who have supported you for 25 years that unfortunately you can't do that and that's difficult i have to say the vast majority of people have embraced this and i think the more they see you doing to protect them the more confidence they get what you, you, you have to have a balance is between, say, and it's all down to the team that they don't become very, you know, like a police state whereby you can't stand there, you can't do this, you can't do that. You have to have a level of calmness. People are out spending their hard end money and they want to have a nice, relaxing atmosphere. It can't just all be about the rules and regulations mm-hmm. while they are very important. You also have to make it an experience that they'll want to come back to. And it's very important that the team are tuned in to the fact that. You know, safety is priority, but customers are here spending their hard-end money and they can go to numerous places, so we really do have to (laughs) provide the level of service for them.
0: How annoyed were you then when you saw that video in Dublin of people dancing on the bar?
1: You know, it's soul-destroying because it was such a great campaign on the Saturday, I think, for, you know, support, not sympathy, and every pub took their picture and put it up, and there was incredible goodwill, and then that one video, you know, as I think the owner called it, 20 seconds of madness went viral. But as was, I'm more annoyed the fact that it's and even Mihal Martin said, Oh, a pub, which was just horrible. It isn't a pub. It's a restaurant, but it was immediately branded as a pub, which, you know, I took exception to, you know, um, the pub does get a, a hard ride in this because, um, we're probably the most regulated business that's open at the moment. Um, well i feel personally we are um and i think you know words have to be chosen carefully when you're describing the business because the vast majority of the publicans that i've seen are trying to do their level best to run it properly and at the end of the day when you have a business you're trying to survive and you'll do anything within the law to keep going and keep keep trading and when you see this video coming out um you know it really does knock you back but um you know i think you know Call it what it is. It's a restaurant. It's not a pub. It's not a bar. So um, I think that should be on the record. You know?
0: you were a little ahead of the curve on McCurtain Street because you always had tables and chairs outside. I sat in them and, and watched life go by in McCurtain Street. But the good news now, of course, is that lots of other businesses are, are, are doing the same and, and following your lead because you were a trendsetter. Um, is that a good thing, do you think? And and do you think it's going to really evolve the likes of McCartan Street as well as Prince's Street and and Pembroke Street and all the other streets where this is happening?
1: Oh, I think it's transformed the city, and you know what? It has overnight changed the conversation in the city about parking. You know, you know the way we the Panaban and Morrison's Island and taking parking spaces. It's all now about getting people into the streets and eating and alfresco, and the the parking has nearly become a secondary issue. Um, so, I think it's a great thing for the city. And I and McCurtain Street, I know a lot of the conversation has been about Princess Street and they've done an amazing job, but McCurtain Street is working nicely and quietly in the background. And we're going to get our footpaths enlarged in the next few weeks. So, we're going to have a lot more space outside. Um there's a new system coming in that's going to help us extend our footpath. So, and this just won't be for the autumn series. I think we'll be able to keep this for the winter. So, if we feel that we're going, the government are going to kind of hopefully keep the the business is open. We, we will try and invest in in you know better outdoor facilities for the customers, like more heating, better covering, so that whether it's a wet November, um, people will still be able to sit outside and enjoy it. But I think the customer feels more comfortable outside um, at the moment with this with this pandemic, and I think you know the businesses, you know as Prince Street have done and different size streets, need to embrace it as much as possible and provide the comfort. Um, and I think that's where the government needs to step in. Maybe is with some with the grants to maybe help businesses invest in outside um, um, furniture and things like that.
0: I did say earlier that you're an optimistic chap, and you always have been in all the years that I've known you. Are you still optimistic despite everything that's gone on?
1: Oh my God, it's it's so difficult. To, like you know, I, I'm I'm 55 now, and I really was looking at you know nearly the exit strategy, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? And you really do have to reinvent yourself again. And, you know, I can only speak personally now, but I did it, I did it in 2008 when the world fell apart financially, you know? Um, and you feel you're in 12 hard years there to, to fix that and get back. And the country had got back to an incredible level and my business. And now it feels like we have to start again, which is, which is difficult, you know? It's difficult. There's no question about it. But yes, I am an optimist. I think this will pass. Um, if you notice, know you know, or I think about the, the Spanish flu. What happened after that? The roaring 20s came, you know? So, you know, you have to be an optimist. This will pass.
0: Yes, I, I don't want to tell you how the 20s ended. Uh, it's it's, it's no. not a story we're going to talk about right
1: now, right? But no, look... No. But, you know, look, there there is opportunity. There is going to be a lot of casualties and... Um, Speaking of my own sector, there are a lot of businesses that really were under pressure. And, you know, the, the, the running costs of a business like a pub or a restaurant are astronomical. And um, this will push a lot of them over the edge. So um, it's very unfortunate. Um, and especially in the country settings, I, I really do feel sorry for my um, business associates there at the moment. But overall, the oh, well, city centre, I think it will come back, no question.
0: Philip, we wish you and everybody in the Shelburne the very best of luck because it's a fantastic pub. Uh, Fingers crossed the everyone will open. The street will have great life on it over the course of the next few months. And we wish you and all of your colleagues in the pub trade the best of luck. And thanks for joining us on Red Business. Philip Gillivan of the Shelburne Bar.
1: Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork.
0: Well, I sound like a broken record, but... COVID-19 has disrupted everything Um, from the pubs we were just talking about to educational institutions like the one I'm about to talk to. Carol O'Leary is the Programme Manager for Student Entrepreneurship at CIT uh, for the Accelerator programme in particular uh, that not just covers CIT but also UCC and IT Tralee. Carol, how are you?
2: I'm good, Jonathan. Good to be here. Um,
0: your entire plan fell apart because you couldn't see students in real life anymore. Uh, this must have come as a bit of a kick in the proverbial.
2: Yeah, well, we had a choice back in mid-March. Either we scrapped it for the 2020 programme or we moved the whole thing online. So the three partners, UCC, truly, and ourselves, uh, decided we'd go ahead with it. And with the support then from the online learning team in CIT, which was supported by the Tralee team, we got the whole programme online and ready to go from June the 2nd.
0: Right. So how much of an upheaval was that? Because you were going from a programme where you got to see the students to one where they could be at home in their underpants. So how how did that uh, how did that manifest itself?
2: Uh, I I suppose we had to relook at how we were delivering it. I suppose a big part of the programme is that um, as well as the the other supports they get, they're in the incubator environment. So in the CIT students, um, they would have been in the Rubicon Centre for the summer. So we had to replicate that online as well as replicating them working together and bouncing ideas off each other. So our whole schedule had to be revisited um, and we had to build in a lot more um, on, online, face to face, coffee calls, peer to peer feedback, uh, check ins with the local contacts. So the the, the schedule appeared a lot more um, busy because you had to build this in compared to what what would have happened naturally last year.
0: Mm. But was that a good thing then? Because that it, meant people were challenged. And if you're dealing with young entrepreneurs or any kind of entrepreneurs, challenge is better than easy street. So therefore, it made them innovate in a way perhaps they weren't expecting to have to. A-
2: absolutely. And th- there was a number of advantages, actually, that came on um, from moving online. So, And it's something that we would look at even for next year to repeat a lot of it, even if COVID isn't around. But for example, we had... Um, 30 students across the three colleges. And when we ran the program last year, the IT Tralee students stuck with their own group. The CIT group mainly stuck with their own group and and the UCC students stuck with their group. But this time we could look at what areas the businesses were in and then we could group the students. So this year we had six groupings. So we had a group of five or six that were making physical products. We had three or four doing food products. We had a number of students doing apps. We had uh, some offering services, some in the education and some in the gifts. So we were able to group these guys for training and mentoring into little mini sectors. And then the, the training and the mentoring was much more relevant t- to those students. Um, so that is okay. something that I would look at again for next year. Um, the downside was not, not being in the incubator, interacting with the more seasoned entrepreneurs and, and interacting with each other.
0: I mean, the way that this programme presumably works is that you take the expertise of people who've done it before and you give it to those younger students coming through or indeed those mature students coming through who just have good ideas that they didn't have before. Did it really matter that they didn't meet them? Because that's the one thing that we all learned very quickly was that all meetings don't have to be in real life anymore.
2: No, no. And actually what what it did um, show was that... uh, we got the likes of Peter Coppinger and teamwork to talk to the students. Now, if he had come in, he might have only come into the the CIT students, whereas now the students across the three colleges got got to see uh, Peter. And we had a number of uh, entrepreneurs who gave up an hour and a half of their lunchtime throughout the program to to share with the students. And that was right across the board. And because you could ask a question online and anonymously, there was a lot more interaction between the students and the entrepreneurs if, rather than if they were face to face. So again, you know, another good learning. Um, I mean, is, is, is
0: it kind of intimidating? Because I know I've been in rooms like that. And, you know, you do have someone who's very successful at the front of the room. And, and sometimes the students are there and they'd be bursting to ask a question, but they'd be reluctant to do it in a group. In that online forum, was it easier maybe to ask <laughs> the likes of Peter Coppinger the question that you might feel stupid asking, but is probably the right question to
2: ask? Much easier, Jonathan. And they even said the feedback was, it was so much easier to ask a question, especially for the quieter students. And then it wasn't being dominated by, you know, yourself when you were in school and you'd have someone asking all the questions. There was no domination then by one person on the Q&A session um, between the group and the entrepreneur.
0: So there was 29 students uh, worked pretty much throughout uh, the last couple of months to get this done. So they've kind of, at what stage are they at now? I mean, do you graduate from this programme or, or how, do you, how do you acknowledge the work that you've just put in?
2: Yeah. So again, another victim of, of COVID-19. Um, we're on plan C for a showcase at the moment. So <laughs> we had
0: I don't know, there's 26 letters. You have another yeah, 23 to go yeah, before yeah, you run plen- out of ideas. Uh, yeah,
2: but it's next Tuesday. That's the only problem. Or next Wednesday, sorry. So our original plan was to do what we did last year, which we had a big showcase in Parky Cueve where the students pitched to about 250 people. Um, so we were hoping to do that again this year so that was that was well shelved uh, back in march and april um besides the fact actually that westlife um had had bumped us out as well our plan b Oh, I mean, now no, no, you
0: got your revenge on westlife <laughs> they're not there either
2: yeah uh, plan b then was to do a, kind of a hybrid event where we would get the students together for the first time over the summer so these students have never the 29 students have never physically met uh, over the summer um so we were going to get all twenty nine students together in the Kerry Sports Academy, and we were going to get them pitch live, and that would be streamed out then to an invited audience who, who would who would log into uh, a Zoom call. Um, so after last Tuesday night's announcements, that plan had to be scrapped. So yesterday we came up with Plan C. So it's gone totally online. Uh, everybody will get to pre-record their pitch, except me. I'll have to do it live, so I'll be the only person talking live. And that event, no goes, pressure, no pressure. No, um, it goes out uh, next next Wednesday at eleven thirty. So that will be the students pitch pitching live, and and we'll we'll have our usual guest list. Uh, hopefully, uh, tuning in for that. I
0: mean, look. What I find fascinating about the whole thing is that not just the student entrepreneurship, but the collaboration between the three institutions, CIT, UCC, and IT Tralee, It's it's a fairly unique experience anyway, um, but but a very valid one because the ideas coming out of three are equally valid, um, and it's it's a great indication of how. These three institutions can work really well together.
2: Yes. So just to give you some stats, like a lot of this is building the pipeline for the program. So so last year between the three colleges, um, we would have heard about seven hundred business ideas between the three colleges. Now you could have scrapped ninety five percent of them, uh, but but like it's getting them thinking about you know good business ideas. Um, and then we had about a hundred students apply for the program across the three colleges. We did 72 online interviews and we awarded 29 places. So it's fairly competitive to get in. And um, another plus from COVID this year was last year we had only 3% of our uh, participants were postgrad students and 20% were first years. And that's totally flipped this year. So as opportunities dried up for COVID, people were actually looking at, you know, Taking their business idea maybe and, and looking at that, so this year twenty percent of our participants are doing postgrad or have finished postgrad and only three percent are first year. so that was a total shift in I suppose in the stage of their, their study, so more mm. people are looking at entrepreneurship you know as, as uh, the next step after they graduate.
0: Yeah, and look, every, all the business people, all the entrepreneurs we've spoken with, they've all learnt the art of the pivot. And uh, if this wasn't a great way of learning how to pivot in the middle of doing something, uh, I don't know what is. But look, we wish everybody taking part in the event, the virtual event, Plan C, <laughs> next Wednesday, the very best look. And Carol, best luck to you as being the only person who has to do it live, but I'm sure you'll be great. <laughs> Carol O'Leary, uh, the Student Inc. Accelerator Programme Manager uh, for CIT, UCC and IT truly Best of luck and thanks for joining us on Red Business.
2: Thanks very much, Jonathan. Thank you.
0: My thanks to Carol and to Philip and to you, the listener, for downloading this episode. Don't forget, every episode is available for download from RedExtra.ie. Myra Haysgoff was the producer, and we will catch you on the next
1: one. Red Business Corks Exclusive Business Podcast.